you talk a little bit about the how dynamic or not uh, Ayurveda is in terms of the, what's been learned over the ages? Is, is what we know today the same as what we knew 5,000 years ago? Or Actually, you know, Ayurveda... Yeah, so uh, the question is, uh, is uh, how much of what we know today is, is reflected in ancient Ayurveda? Or are there many things that are, was, were known in Ayurveda that were either known today or just learning today? Yeah, and the answer is, I'm saying it's not his what, question. What I, what, I really wanted to <laughs> what I'm really trying to figure out is how open is the Ayurvedic health philosophy and understanding, how open is that to newer advances in, in understanding from science and in specific what in like ge- uh, genetics has, has the understanding of Ayurveda <laughs> has the understanding of Ayurveda changed from its inception to today based on knowledge that has been gained from practice and, and science and experience yeah thank you yeah actually that's a good question actually uh, Ayurveda incorporates everything so Ayurveda, even in ancient Ayurveda, there was a, there was a concept of uh, of atoms, anu, of atoms, and uh, molecules. So this is an ancient; these are ancient concepts concepts in Ayurveda. And as new things are created, Ayurveda, since it's so, uh, it is so dynamic, it is so flexible, it has such a uh, uh, comprehensive understanding of the nature of life and of nature in general. It's able to incorporate new things as they, as they come along. So uh, all these new sciences of, say, genetics, for example, um, can easily be explained and incorporated in Ayurveda. And Ayurveda has a particular, uh, a particular uh, object of promoting greater health and uh, promoting uh, a really a state of uh, compassionate living and, and enlightenment. So, yeah. You said something about pranayam and various ways of uh, breathing. Can you be a little more? Can you elaborate something on the breathing? Yeah. So in uh, in Ayurveda, uh, as I said before, Ayurveda there's an inti- intimate connection between Ayurveda and yoga, and we see in yoga that uh, there are many many different forms of uh, uh, pranayam. Prana means life force energy. Yama means to warehouse or to control. So pranayama is a way of using the breath to, to increase life force energy in the body. And so one of the approaches in Ayurveda would be to, if people are, are low in prana or have a disturbed mind, for example, would be, would be to assign different types of exercises, breathing exercises, uh, appropriate or specific to that person and to their imbalance to help create greater balance and, uh, and life force energy. Good. So uh, we'll come back to some more questions later. And uh, so now, very briefly, we'll go through some uh, kind of big picture about some uh, food recommendations to uh, help to uh, um, to balance the three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, great strong digestion, and a healthy immune system. So according to uh, according to uh, the ancient lineage of Ayurveda that uh, that uh, I am uh, speaking from, uh, it's better in general to uh, uh, enjoy foods that are preferably cooked and that are moist, uh, light, and easy to digest. According to Ayurveda, um, cooked foods are easier to digest than raw foods. Some raw foods are okay, 
but an excess of raw foods, since they're rough and, and, um, uh, and uncooked, tend to increase vata dosha and tend to uh, increase ama, since they are more difficult to digest. So um, cooked foods are better. And so cooked vegetables such as pumpkins and squashes, spinach, asparagus, fennel, sweet corn, onions, carrots, parsnips, sweet potatoes, green beans, all these, all these things are, um, are excellent in terms of uh, providing uh, lots of prana and, and vegetables that are easy to digest that will not um, uh, aggravate vata, pitta, or kapha. Okay? So then the other things that are excellent are the, uh, are the uh, lentils, such as mung beans, uh, mung beans, both the green, mung, green whole mung beans and split yellow mung beans are excellent for providing uh, a good source of protein. They're light, they're easy to digest, and they also have a detoxifying effect on the body. So they actually help to uh, clear ama or toxins out of the body. And the other, the other types of lentils, uh, such as uh, turdal, which, which is another type of lentil that can be found in Indian food stores, uh, chickpeas, kidney beans, black-eyed peas, these are also good. And uh, it's best to ha- take these with, uh, with spices that can be used for, for improving digestion because they do some of these do have a gas-forming property and that can be reduced by using things such as cumin and coriander and a, uh, and a spice that's called in English asafoetida. It's also called hing in, in Chinese cooking. It's very, very excellent for reducing the uh, gas-forming properties of lentils. All the, all the grains, except for wheat, we'll talk about wheat in a minute, all the grains are excellent. So things like uh, basmati rice, um, oat, rye, buckwheat, corn, millet, amaranth, quinoa, camut, spelt, all these things are excellent. And, uh, um, and then also uh, uh, seeds and nuts are excellent too. It's better actually to uh, soak seeds and nuts in water overnight in order to make them more easily to, easy to digest. Become, they become very moist, very easy to chew, less dry and they provide, can provide excellent nutrition that way. And the sweet, juicy fruits, such as apples and pears and plums, figs, dates, pomegranates, sweet grapes, sweet cherries, these uh, sweet, juicy fruits are excellent um, for uh, both vata and for pitta and for kapha also. Okay, and then uh, uh, sweeteners, according to Ayurveda, it's, it's uh, uh, refined sugar will create excess ama or toxins in the body and also the uh, artificial sweeteners, such as uh, Spartame, uh, NutraSweet, um, and the other uh, artificial sweeteners will, are uh, very difficult to digest in the body and they'll create more toxins. So unrefined sweeteners, if you do take sweeteners and unrefined sweeteners, such as uh, uh, joggery, which is found in Indian food stores, is unref- solidified cane sugar, cane juice. Uh, Sukhanat, you can find in natural food stores. Um, date syrup, maple syrup, rice syrup, these things are um, okay to use in, in small amounts in moderation as a sweetener. And if you do use honey, um, according to Ayurveda, it's better not to eat, it's better not to heat honey. Honey, according to Ayurveda, if it's heated, becomes indigestible and sticky, and it's better not to use in baking. So, um, and then in terms of drinks, it's better to for- avoid strong stimulants such as uh, soft drinks, um, things with uh, caffeine, tea and coffee. If you do, then uh, tea and coffee, not, not more than a cup a day. 
And then uh, all the herbal teas are good. Ginger tea is excellent for uh, increasing the digestive fire. And we were talking just earlier here at the uh, potluck we're having today about the uh, importance of cumin and coriander. Cumin and coriander have a very unusual uh, 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 function when used together. Uh, we talked about agni. Sometimes agni become, can become too strong and people can become uh, have too much acidity, too much digestive fire, get ulcers, get reflux, get hyperacidity. This is agni, too much, too much digestive power. Or agni can become weak, and people get weak digestion, can't, food feels heavy in the stomach, feels like it takes a long time for it to digest. So cumin and coriander together have the unusual property of balancing agni. So what you can, what you can do is take, is take equal amounts of uh, cumin and coriander, very common spices, take the, the whole um, seeds. You can find them in any uh, spice rack or any natural food store. So take, use equal amounts of cumin and coriander and make a tea. And you can drink, uh, uh, drink the tea during the day, drink it with meals. And it will help to balance and strengthen agni over time. And uh, no matter if it's too strong or too weak. So, and we talked about uh, uh, raw vegetables. Actually, fruit juices are, uh, uh, fruit and vegetable juices are excellent. So you shouldn't be confused um, because fruit and uh, vegetable juices are excellent. They're very nourishing and can be very easily digested. So spices, um, all the spices except for uh, uh, extremely heating uh, spices are, are excellent. And extremely heating spices would be uh, hot peppers, cayenne, um, horseradish, things like this. are very heating. They'll aggravate both, both vata and pitta. So disturb vata and pitta if they use in excess. Small amount can be tolerated by, by, some, by some or most people, but should be used very small amounts if used at all. So things like cumin, coriander, fennel, saffron. Saffron are excellent for balancing all the three doshas and increasing digestive power. Things like black pepper, fresh ginger root, turmeric, cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, mustard seeds, fenugreek, and nutmeg are all excellent. However, these I just mentioned, if they're used in excess, will aggravate pizza since they're somewhat heating. And uh, so all the, all the spices other than the... Uh, uh, other than the hot uh, chilies and uh, horseradish are, can be used. And, and garlic and the onions can be used in, in cooking. It's good to uh, use them in, in smaller amounts um, so that they don't, uh, um, don't uh, create uh, excess rajas as we talked about before. Um, so foods, in a little bit more detail, and then, and then we'll stop and take some more questions, but uh, foods to reduce or avoid, and uh, I always counsel people not to drive themselves crazy with this information because uh, you, it's not necessarily become a fanatic. Just enjoy the food and, and uh, enjoy the process of eating. But of all grains, a wheat is the heaviest and the hardest to digest. So according to Ayurveda, if you have any type of uh, congestion, mucus, or if you have weak digestion, um, because of the gluten content in wheat, it's better to reduce or avoid wheat. And you can do that by eating spelt bread. By, you can have less wheat by eating seven grain or nine grain bread. And you can substitute pasta for wheat pasta, for example, durum pasta with, uh, with spelt or rice pasta, which can be found in commonly available in, in natural food stores. And then, uh, so other examples of heavy, hard to digest food would be deep fried foods, uh, refined or white sugar, <coughs> and artificial uh, artificial sweeteners. And then another thing, according, we talked about tamas, we talked about uh, 
fermented foods. So examples of fermented food would be vinegar, soy sauce, tamari, even yogurt is fermented, um, alcohol, uh, cheeses, and yeast-containing foods uh, such as beer and, uh, and the yeast that's used in bread. So if you do eat bread, it's actually, according to Ayurveda, a good idea to toast it before you eat it so you can stop the uh, yeast or fermenting, uh, fermentation properties of the, of the bread before you eat it. And a uh, couple other things. Uh, very acidic foods are, are according to Ayurveda, uh, debilitating to the digestion. They'll aggravate both vata and, uh, and pitta. So very acidic foods, examples of very acidic foods would be tomatoes, tomato sauce, sour fruits such as the uh, citrus fruits, oranges, pineapples, grapefruits, lemons. The vinegar is, is acidic. Uh, and uh, so these, uh, uh, these foods increase acidity in the body. So they should especially be avoided if you have excess acidity, reflux, heartburn, that type of problem, ulcers. So, um, and uh, soft drinks are extremely acidic and they're full of toxins like phosphoric acid, um, refined sugars, uh, artificial sweeteners, full of carbon dioxide, which is toxic to the body, and caffeine. So other than that, uh, they're good foods, but I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have much good to say about soft drinks today. So. Okay, and then um, ice, according to Ayurveda, ice-cold foods and drinks will weaken the di- digestive fire because... Um, uh, the ne- the uh, normal temperature in the stomach is 110 degrees. This, and this, the uh, stomach and the small intestine are the seat of the digestive fire. So if we're constantly or frequently taking ice-cold foods and drinks into the digestive tract, especially with food, then it will uh, disturb the digestion. The food will not digest properly and will end up creating some, some ama or toxins. So other examples of heavy, hard-to-digest foods would be... Uh, ready-made foods that uh, you would find in the store, frozen foods, canned foods, highly processed foods, microwave foods. They're really devoid of any nutrition and they're vo- devoid of prana or life force energy. Um, and uh, in terms of the uh, nuts, peanuts and cashews are somewhat heating, so it's better to have less of those and favor the other uh, seeds and nuts. And we talked about the stimulants uh, such as coffee and uh, chocolate. So and um, those, in a real big picture, those are some practical uh, things that can be uh, used in daily life to uh, uh, create better health, return to help us maintain and return to this natural state of happiness and uh, innocence and bliss. And so I'd be happy now to uh, open the floor for any questions. Before we take questions, I, I forgot in the introduction to mention that uh, Tom does have a practice in Raleigh, so those of you who are local should feel free to give him a call to ask some questions or if you want a consultation. And I think, Tom, every year you have your teacher, Pankaj Misra is his name, right? Pankaj Naram. Pankaj Naram. He comes, I met him, he comes once a year, doesn't he? Twice a year. Twice a year to, to Raleigh, so, uh, and you'll be uh, sending information out uh, yeah. about that. So. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dilip. He'll uh, actually be coming this year, uh, this fall, October 23rd and 24th. And uh, you can find some very helpful information at uh, on my website at uh, www.radianthealth.us and also at www.ayushakti.com. Some very helpful information. Okay, so uh, we're uh, running a bit late, but if there's uh, a few questions, uh, a couple questions, we have time for that. And, and at the end, I actually have one question, but it looks like uh, 
My dad has something to say, so let's see what his question is. Want me to repeat it, or you want Mike? Well, you go ahead. No, go ahead. My question is about the use of a microwave. I noticed that you have in the corner a microwave. Have you considered its uh, disadvantage, how it affects your food and your health? Yeah, I personally don't like microwaves. We don't cook with a microwave. We will uh, use a microwave sometimes to heat up food, but we actually prefer, have a preference not to use a microwave at all. And we, have, we do have a microwave in the corner of the kitchen. It was a gift from my mother-in-law. <laughs> so. Okay, any other questions? I, I had one question. First of all, I wanted to thank you, Tom, for taking the time and for, um, for uh, uh, presenting your thoughts on Ayurveda. Um, those of you who weren't able to attend, I'm glad that we have the podcast. I wanted to thank Joseph uh, Fuentes for, for uh, arranging that. Um, but I had a question for you. I find it um, interesting. There's very compelling, various very compelling theories on food. And so Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, for example, um, talk a lot about um, the importance of cooked foods. There's also a, uh, a lot of people who talk about raw foods, and their arguments are also very compelling. And um, what they would argue is that um, in the animal kingdom, you don't see any animal that cooks their food. From an evolutionary point of view, fire is very recent. It's just yesterday in our evolutionary, um, in, in evolution that has come about. They would argue that when you add heat, you denature proteins, and they would argue that that's the primary source of, um, of degeneration and, and disease. Um, people I know who do go raw claim and exhibit uh, an abundance of energy. They say they need to sleep less. Many of the same kinds of benefits that before I became vegan, people said, when you're vegan, you'll need less sleep, you'll be more alert, you know, you don't get sick. And I found all that to be true, actually, but people who are raw go one step further. So I just wanted you to, to comment on that, on, uh, on, on raw foods. And, and I know certain foods like lycopenes and tomatoes are better cooked, but, but just in general, if you could make a few comments about raw foods again, please. Sure. Um, according to, uh, this, is, this is according to Ayurveda again, so I'm, and, um, speaking from the perspective of Ayurveda, uh, the human digestive tract does not have the ability to completely break down the cell wall that we find in vegetables. And the exception to this is with uh, lettuce and lettuce leaves, that the human digestive tract can break this down. But we, if we look at cows, for example, cows have seven stomachs in order to fully break down and fully utilize the raw food that they're eating. So the human digestive tract um, is, is different. And so we're not talking about uh, overcooking or overheating food. We're talking about cooking it to the point where it can be digested, easily digested. And some people do have digestion, very strong digestion, and they can handle raw food better than other people. But uh, the people, especially people if they have weak digestion, if they have uh, irritable bowel syndrome, for example, it's actually important for them to uh, greatly reduce or avoid uh, raw foods uh, until they can at least build back up the digestive fire again because Ayurveda says, doesn't say one thing is bad for everybody. Ayurveda says, who is the person we're talking about? What is their state? What is their problem? What is their imbalance? Let's do the things that are appropriate for that person. So some people could have more raw food than others and raw food does have certain benefits, has a detoxifying effect. But according to, raw, according to Ayurveda, if you're eating exclusively raw food and uh, or an excess of raw food and if the digestion is weak then you it will result in the uh, 
weakening of the digestion further, creation of toxins in the body, and, and an imbalance of vata. Yeah. So. Um, and one other question is, can you reflect on how wide uh, the following is of Ayurveda in terms of how many people in the world, what percentage, maybe in India, maybe in the United States, maybe worldwide, use Ayurveda as a primary, does anybody use it as a primary form of medicine, or as an ancillary form? Yeah, thanks, Philippe. That's a great question. Um, uh, in, in, in the modern world today, uh, uh, the Ayurveda is recognized by the World Health Organization. It's recommended by the World Health Organization for the uh, for the treatment of uh, of health problems. And in uh, in India and and in Southeast Asia, other areas of the world, where it's used as a primary form of medicine. And in the United States, the National Institute of Health has provided millions of dollars of funding for research into various aspects of the uh, um, health supporting. Uh, uh, treatments and therapies used in Ayurveda. So it's uh, in India today, and it's used, it's recognized, and practiced as a primary form of medicine on par with Western medicine. So people in India today have a clear choice if they have cancer, if they have heart disease, if they have any type of health problem at all, they have a clear choice of consulting with an Ayurvedic physician, with a Western-trained medical doctor, um, or doing both. And uh, many people... Or uh, as they're becoming more and more familiar again with Ayurveda in, in these areas, are choosing Ayurveda, and as Ayurveda is becoming more revitalized, um, it's, great, it's gaining greater prominence. And Ayurveda was introduced into the West uh, principally about uh, 30 years ago, and it's it's uh, th- because of the uh, interest in yoga in the West, because of the interest in meditation, it's, it's it has gained more and more prominence. So I don't have a specific figure of the number of people who practice Ayurveda or um, use Ayurveda. But if you look, I think about 20% of the uh, people in the United States, for example, have either taken or practiced yoga. Uh, 